Welcome to Everything Retirement Planning. This is Daryl. This is episode number 12, year-end tax planning strategies to consider. Hey, before we jump in, discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer member, FINRA, SIPC. Yeah, hey, it is uh, November 13th, and uh, I know, it's crazy. The uh, year has gone by quickly. We always say that. I always say that. And it's also a good time of year to start thinking about, uh, yeah, tax, some tax planning strategies. So uh, let's jump on in. All right, so if you're employed and you have a 401k, you can actually just increase your 401k. Because remember, if you're, I'm going to use some numbers here, if your gross paycheck is $1,000 and right now you're currently putting $100 into your 401k, that reduces your taxable income, right? From 1000 minus the current 100 so now your taxable income is $900. Really cool. So what about increasing that contribution to $200? Then it goes from the, well, now it was $900. Now it's going down to $800 as a taxable income. So the more you put in your 401k, you're going to benefit that immediately. So things to keep in consideration in 2023 this year, the max salary contribution for employee is 22,500. I say max salary contribution because it's coming from your salary, it's coming from your income. So if you make 19,000, you can't contribute 22,500 because your salary is not high enough to make that. Just want to make that point, okay? And this is really cool for you 15 above peeps. Um, you can make uh, the max contribution is 30,000, which is a pretty big difference. That's uh, was that $7,500 difference? That's that's pretty huge. So, start plugging, looking at the numbers. Can you do that? Talk to your employer. How do I max out my contribution for the end of the year? And then, obviously, the flip of the calendar year, you may need to, you know, um, adjust or not, see how it goes. Um, so that's one way as a tax planning year-end thing is increase your 401k. All right, next one, Roth IRA uh, con- uh, Roth IRA conversion, something to consider. All right, let's talk real quickly as a little recap, a little reminder, a traditional IRA, your, contrib- your contribution is tax deductible. Just as same thing as I just mentioned as a 401k, right? Um, the amount that you put in, if you put in um, $1,000 into a traditional IRA, then you, um, you know, it's going to, you, you can deduct that on your, on your taxes, obviously. Uh, tax deferred growth, once you put the money into a IRA, and then the distributions are taxable as income, Okay. I just made a mental note. There's 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 the complexity of how I went from Roth, or excuse me, I went from a 401k, I hit a traditional IRA. I'm talking about that now, and now I'm talking about a Roth conversion. 
all of that is connected. And there's a, it depends on the amount of money you make. There's a lot going on there, all right? I'm not going into that granular piece, but stay tuned. It's going to be a future episode, okay? Uh, Roth IRA now. So Roth IRA is contribution that you put into a Roth IRA is after-tax dollars, right? It's after-tax once it's in there, if you start making some money on that, that's cool. It's deferred, just like a traditional IRA. And then on the way out, your distributions, if they're qualified, are tax-free. So it's, the keyword's qualified. What does that mean? That means you need to be at least 59 and a half. There's some, there's some um, wiggle room there. I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, so, but for the most part, most people, you got to be 59 and a half unless there's some certain considerations. It can happen before that. Um, then uh, contributions are subject to a five-year holding period, right, before the earnings on the contributions are considered to be qualified for tax-free distribution. So you got to think a little bit. Time horizon here, okay. The money I'm putting in today, I start making money on that, those earnings, right, are qualified after a holding period of five years. You got to keep that in consideration, all right? All right, so now also with the, when it comes to a, a Roth versus a traditional and should I convert it, all right, there's some tax savings, obviously, right? So you got to compare the immediate reduction in your taxable income to the benefit from having tax-free distributions down the road, Right? So this is a little bit of a conundrum, kinda, all right? Um, but you need to consider your income tax rates today versus the future, all right? And this can be complex, and you know, you, this is a great conversation to have with a financial advisor. It's a great conversation to, to have in your retirement plan because there's a lot going on here with, okay, I'm putting money into my 401k, great. Can I have a Roth IRA? Well, wait a minute, can I still have a traditional IRA? Wait a minute, I make this much money, what does that mean on my traditional versus my Roth? And then, you know, in regards to, like I mentioned, tax savings, this is tax savings I'm talking about a, 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 a traditional versus a, a Roth, but there's other benefits there for your beneficiaries. So people, you need to know these things, right? We we got to do our homework. We got to be accountable and we got to reach out for help, right? You got to reach out for help. If you have an advisor, take some notes, go back to them and say, you know, what's this all about? What's this mean to me? What should I be doing? And obviously, it's going to, if you're working with me, I'm going to say, well, let's talk about your goals and let's have a conversation first of what retirement looks like. And then we'll get into that. All right. I digress, but I just wanted to disclose that and mention that those things there. All right, number three here for uh, three out of five here about your year-end tax planning strategies to consider. Consider an FSA, which is a flexible spending account. So an FSA allows you to set aside pre-tax money. We love pre-tax money. We love it. Meaning 100% of that money can go into your FSA and it lowers that your, your taxable income. It's a beautiful thing, all right? Um, but we got to understand what this means. So, all right, so, okay, let's see. So, so, okay, you can put money, okay, an FSA allows you to put money into a pre-tax, pre-tax money, 
into this, and it, it'll help you pay qualified out-of-pocket healthcare costs, right? So a, a flexible spending account is going to lower your pre, you know, lower your taxable income, but it has to be used for uh, for medical or healthcare costs, okay? Also with an FSA, usually, you got to check with your employer on this, but usually it's use it or lose it, all right? So this, this is something that you don't want to put in there and not use it because you'll lose it and you need to use it before the end of the year, all right? So I would consult with your employer. Do you have some healthcare cost? And also with a flexible spending account, I believe it even is part of needing to get talk to your employer. You can use those funds possibly too for like daycare, um, but you got to look into that, all right? And I also mentioned, um, well, I want to let you know my previous episode, episode 11, I talked about a health savings account. That's very different, but go check out that episode. Uh, that's also an awesome tax planning uh, tool as well. All right, moving on, we got two more. Number four, consider tax loss harvesting and charitable contributions. Actually, that's two things, but uh, that's okay. We can handle it. So tax loss harvesting, these are losses from selling your stocks, some bonds, some mutual funds, ETFs, in other words, you're selling your investments and potentially be used to offset your taxable capital gains that you may have had in 2023. Here's the deal. There's a lot more to that. Stay tuned. Put this in a little mental note in your mind or just keep coming back, which I hope you do. In episode 14, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into tax loss harvesting and kind of talk about the nuts and bolts about that. All right, so stay tuned. That's episode 14 in a couple of weeks. Uh, all right, charitable donation. Donations before December 31st, and you may be able to write those off on your taxes for this year, 2023. Another note I want to make in regards to tax loss harvesting and charitable deductions is you can offset the implication if you did a Roth conversion. Because remember, if you convert a Roth, right? So in other words, how, what do you convert? You convert a traditional IRA. So you, what do you mean by convert? It means you withdraw everything. Well, not, I shouldn't say everything. You withdraw some money out of a traditional IRA and you then, then you put it into a Roth. Well, what happens when you do that? Well, the money that comes out of a traditional IRA is 100% taxable, right? Because why? Because, well, the money going in wasn't, it was it was uh, pre-tax or tax deductible. So you didn't pay any tax on the money going in. It's been tax deferred. The money you've been making inside the account's been deferred, protected. So when you take money out of a traditional IRA, it's the government says that's income. It's not a capital gain. It's not a capital loss. It is just pure income, which then would be taxable at whatever you know, tax bracket you're in based off your overall income. So anyways, you, now going back to here, we're talking about tax loss harvesting and charitable contribution. Is it's, it's a possibility here that you can offset that tax implication with a Roth, all right? So a Roth conversion, obviously, as I mentioned, it's going to most likely increase your taxable income. Most likely, may not, but I would think it would. So using a tax, or excuse me, using con, a charitable contribution can help uh, the opposite effect with your deduction, obviously. And then also other possibilities combine both the tax loss harvesting and charitable contributions to help offset that Roth conversion. Something to look into. And number five, bunch, bunch uh, deductions. Yeah, bunch, B-U-N-C-H, bunch. 
deductions, meaning meaning kind of pull them together. So if you're um, when you're doing your when you're doing your taxes, itemize. There's there's a standard deduction and then there's the itemized deductions, right? So if 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 your itemized deductions don't exceed your standard deduction, you want to might want to consider bunching them. What what I mean by that is, I don't know how many years ago it went. Maybe three or four years ago, um, they the government kind of adjusted standard deduction. They raised it. So remember, we're like, oh yeah, you know, we own a home, and you know that that interest is tax deductible. Not it, it's it's it, it is, but it's not. It doesn't have. It doesn't play out as as an itemized deduction anymore because it doesn't exceed. Well, all of your deductions don't exceed your your standard deduction. So this whole bunching part is going. Wait a minute. Maybe I should. I should. The goal here is to take is to get your itemized deductions to be higher than the standard deduction that we get. Which I I don't know the number exactly. Maybe the standard deduction is like twenty two thousand five hundred or something like that. Uh, the idea is you want to bunch, kind of you know, you know plan for a particular year. Maybe it's not going to happen in twenty twenty three, but maybe twenty twenty four. So what I mean by that is. Think of okay. I'm gonna strategize in 2023 or 2024, where I'm making maybe a larger, you know, a contribution, you know, charitable contribution. There's a few things you're gonna do, uh, other deductions you might have. So you're, you're gonna bunch them together, so that you're they're gonna be higher than the standard deduction. Okay. So, uh, like I said, that that's gonna take some planning, and it's not gonna necessarily be a a yearly thing you're gonna do. It just it just kind of depends. On your situation. All right. So that was five year-end tax planning strategies. It's increase your 401k, uh, Roth IRA conversion consideration, consider having a flexible spending account, and then consider a tax loss harvesting or charitable contributions, and then lastly, bunch deductions. So uh, cool stuff. You might need a little assistance. Like I said, I would talk to a an expert or professional can help you uh, along the along the lines of these things, um, but it is that time of year to start thinking, um, getting ready, and, and doing what you need to do uh, for uh, your taxes that you'll be filing for 2023 uh, shortly. You know, whatever in 20 the first first few months or the first quarter of 2024. All right, hey, I have a webinar coming up. I'm very excited. Please get registered. It's called Investing Retirement Assets to Align with Your Risk Number. You might be like, what's my risk number? Well, you're going to find out when you join me. The webinar is this Wednesday, November 15th. You can get the details. You can get registered. Go in my show notes of this episode. Click on the link. That'll bring you to another webpage. We'll give you some details and you can get registered. All right. No cost, just educational value added. So please join me in that webinar. Once again, the webinar is Investing Retirement Assets to Align with Your Risk Number. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And I look forward to having you on that webinar. And I look forward to continue to uh, have you join me in the upcoming episodes. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.